I'm Nick Friedman. I'm Lee Alec Murray. And I'm Leah President. And this is Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect. We are a new show breaking down the anime news, views, and shows you care about each and every week. I can't think of a better studio to bring something like this to life. Yeah, I agree. We're covering all the classics. If I don't know a lot about Godzilla, which I do, but I'm trying to pretend (laughs) that I don't right now. Hold it in. And our current faves. Luffy must have his due. (laughs) Tune in every week for the latest anime updates and possibly a few debates. I remember, what was that? (laughs) Say what you're going to say and I'll circle back. You can listen to Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect every Friday wherever you get your podcasts. And watch full video episodes on Crunchyroll or the Crunchyroll YouTube channel. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Brian, and we're back with a new episode of Stream Close-Up. Our guest this week is actor Jens Hultan. Jens has made his mark as a gangster in hard-bitten criminal dramas, but he's also appeared in more gentle stories like The Hundred-Year-Old Who Climbed Out the Window and Disappeared. And when it comes to film, Jens has appeared in some of the biggest blockbusters of all time. He took a turn in Mission Impossible with his portrayal of Yannick the Bone Doctor Winter in MIP Rogue Nation. He's also appeared as a henchman in the Bond classic Skyfall. Uh, Jens speculates that he might be the only actor to have had roles in both of those franchises. He's worked on some of the biggest TV series in Swedish history, and is perhaps best known for his recurring role as Seth Riddell in the Johan Falk series. He's appeared in Beck and Volander, And just to make sure to touch all the bases of iconic Swedish crime stories, he also played Leon in a key supporting role in last year's retake of the police drama Hassel. Jens is here to talk about his latest project, A Conspiracy of Silence, or Ingen Utan Skuld. It's a political thriller that examines the dark side of the Swedish arms industry. In for his stream close-up, Jens Hultan. Welcome to the show, Jens Hultin. Thanks, Brian. Happy to have you here. Jens is out doing the work, promoting his latest project, A Conspiracy of Silence, or Ingenuten Skuld, as it's known locally. Uh, we catch him at the end of a very busy day, at the end of a project. And let me start there by asking, you've recorded everything. The filming is done, as I assume? Oh, yeah. It was done before Christmas. But done before Christmas. So now you're finishing up the promotion. Mm-hmm. Are you done with the project now? Uh, as far as all this is about doing promotion everything. Now we have a premiere show with a special invited guest in a week. 
uh, but then I'm done with it. How does that feel? I mean, it's we haven't even seen it yet, and, no, and you're exactly. done already. Yeah, I'm done already. The thing is, you you leave the project when you wrapping up from the shooting. Okay, that's the first time you leave it, and then you have to process it like process it like okay. Say goodbye to all your friends you've been doing for all this uh, filming for four or three months or whatever. Living on top of each other. You know. Yeah. But still, after that, then you have to like, okay, go on to the next project and whatever. You take a rest or whatever. And then uh, it starts all over again in another point of view. When it comes to all this promotion, you see people again and you start preview a little bit of your own work. And then, mm, okay, it's good. I thought it was. And so now I'm in it again, but I'm also into another thing now at the theater, which I'm totally filled with uh, music and song and uh, acting. So that is, I hear all these songs in my head all the time. Uh, so when, when I go back and talk about this, it's like, yeah, that was the project I did for six months ago. Context. I've been shift. doing so many stuff between. Uh, no, it's not, not so many, but now I'm at the theater rehearsing. Um, and then this summer I was doing another series for Swedish television, uh, a three episode drama, family drama with no violence, which was, uh, take place 1968. What was that? Uh, it called sisters, sisters, uh, haven't viewed yet. It's coming out this Christmas for Swedish television. Um, so I've been doing that. That was my last film project. So, you know, the no conspiracy Conspiracy of Silence was way back. Wow. Or but you... now it comes back to me when I'm f- talking about it and when I see a little bit of it and I think like, yeah, we have a good show there. What are you doing on stage? Um, we are, I'm at the, at the circus right now with a Swedish artist called Peter Jöback. Yeah, sure. Uh, great singer, great Great performer. singer, great entertainer. He be, he's been playing recently the Phantom of the Opera at Broadway and in West, West End. West End, yeah. So he's putting up his own show here at circus in sweden and uh me and six other persons are kind of doing the ensemble around him and we're gonna do like he said it's a pop theater it's his own songs new written songs but we want to do it in a kind of Baz Luhrmann film way Moulin Rouge. Yeah. It, it has that touch to it. Okay, you have an ambition is what I'm hearing. You want to, yeah, <laughs> but it's cool enough. I mean, Peter is a good, uh, how, a good fella. How do you get in, involved with that? Do you know him previously? I know him because I worked with him in the musical cabaret for 12 years ago. So I was doing the part of Ernst Ludwig, the Nazi guy <laughs> in that cabaret, which was very, very funny because we did, I mean, you, have, you work with an orchestra, with music. With singing, I'm my background. My, my dad was a jazz drummer, jazz musician. My son, who is 25 years old, he's a extremely talented young coming music a musician and singer. And and I, I become an actor, but also I have this little bit of singing inside me. And you know, so actually, just Peter called me up and said, "You want to be part of my show?" I was going to ask somewhere along. It's <laughs> like, okay, well, are you sure you really want me? And they say, yeah, we want you because you provide your special kind of atmosphere to the show. Uh, he could have called anyone else who is more better singer than I am or whatever, but he wanted me. 
So that's what I'm doing right now. I was going to ask somewhere along the line, you know, based on your work, do you study martial arts or something like that? And I'm wondering, did you study dance at any point? Is that part of your background? Um, my background is martial arts. Okay. I've been doing that since I was, I started training boxing in 1977. Okay. It comes in handy in a lot of your roles. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Absolutely. It, it, and then I become, involving that one, started with uh, Shaolin Kung Fu in the beginning of the 80s. And then after that, Kyokushin Karate. And after that, came into more kickboxing, Thai boxing. So I've been doing the whole shebang, and then I had my own studios in the 80s. Now, if if I look at your IMDb page, and people yeah. playing along at home, you're going to have to look at it yourself. I'm not going to run through everything. You no. have so many credits. Mm. But it feels like you appeared sort of fully formed out of nowhere in 1997. That's uh, you were in... I came from nowhere, it was. Well, that's the first, that's the first entry, yeah. Emma O'Clogare. Your first TV role. Is that where that you That is actually one of the first. That's the first, definitely the first thing I did on television. Were you acting before that? In no. No? Uh, I was doing a little bit of uh, drama school acting in 1994. Um, so it was an ambition. You definitely had this I as a goal. I started my ambition in the beginning of the 90s, or even in the end of the 80s, actually. And then I was uh, going for uh, the drama school. You know, I have to. You have to apply every year, sure. and they take like twenty people in out of thousand. And I did that for I don't know how many years. It never went to my favor because I came from the martial arts, and I was working as a bouncer in the restaurants in Stockholm. Anywhere we'd remember? Do you remember a place called Melody? Melody, sure. That uh, was the. Oh. I mean, at the premiere, we'd had. We had uh, Buster Poindexter with sure. Dave Johansson as the premier artist. We did an event back in the day when I worked at Bandit Radio. We had Bandit Behind Bars there, and we yeah. had that thing, people around the block mm -hmm. uh, waiting to get in. Yeah, I remember those So days. I was working as a bouncer or the guy in the uh, wardrobe mm -hmm. com combined with my friends. And my group of friends was all kickboxers, uh, judokas. Mm -hmm. we, we had a little group, cool friends. So we was working. Are any, are any of them acting as well? No. No? Okay. Just me. Just you. Mm. Good enough. Yeah, we had one, Magnus uh, Sederblad, a uh, very good jiu-jitsu martial art expert for many, many years. He's one of the best ever. He was actually in uh, Russian Ninja. <laughs> it's like Turkey movie. What do you say? B, C. B, C, <laughs> X, Y, Z. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I think even Anders Nilsson, the creator of Johan Falk, was doing the Russian Ninja. But now Anders, of course, developed his skills to Johan Falk and everything like that. Johan Falk. Why do you mention Johan Falk? What's your connection there? I don't know. Yeah. Is that anything to do with Seth Rudell? <laughs> a famous gangster that people love, in no. a way. Mm. And thanks to him, actually, I got on this level from being one of many actors till at least one that you know particularly me you, you have to you have to reach a certain kind of level to pick your jobs be uh, invited to cool jobs and he was actually the character was actually my ticket into to that that level i think so before that you were just any someone would offer you a role you'd say yes what is it okay yeah, practically yeah. very much yeah and now you're in a place where you sort of plan the kind of things you want to go after i can nice in another level i don't need work just because work i must I, be... I do what i think it's good for me and what's good for me is 
what thrills me. You know, I need to have fun. And I also need to educate myself. I mean, now being with Peter on Circus is something totally different. And this uh, Ingen Utan Skuld, No Conspiracy of Silence, is fantastic to do. Uh, that uh, 1968 thing we did now that last summer that comes up is also another thing. You play Epoch. I mean, all that different. And also there's coming a movie called Alpha. I was going to ask yeah, about that. Which is fantastic. Sort of. So for me, it's, yeah, if I can keep this up, I'm happy. You seem to be doing quite well. Yeah, I, I mean, do. So once you started, there's been no break, and you've sort of touched all of Swedish uh, criminal noir. You've yeah. sort of been in all, yeah. the, all the big ones. Beck, Volander. I've been through all that. It's yeah. kind of a school you have to went through. You have to be a villain there or whatever there. Everyone is in those films, and mm -hmm. fine. But then you have to move on. There, there is a bit of an ensemble feel among Swedish actors coming up, you know, touching a little children's programming. You know, uh, you did Jonsenligen, I think, yeah. along the way. Yeah. Some others are in Satsiki and Christmas mm. Calendar. And, and I did this uh, children's detective, Barnes Detective. I don't know what was the... It's two small kids yeah. that solve problems, yeah. uh, detectives. Can, I was in that as well. Can I ask, in, 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 you've been in so many sort of TV, film, international, local. Mm. I think of things like Hundred Oringer, yeah. the hundred-year-old went out the window and disappeared. And I also think about Mission Impossible. Mm. And I wonder, are you injecting humor into those evil characters at all? Is that part of your choice? When I see Jonsson Ligen, uh. you know, when I see, sorry, when I see the hundred-year-old, you mm -hmm. know sort of, you're menacing. He's a funny, funny character. But there's right. There's a little bumbling element to the bad guys, even though people are getting hit over the head with hammers and the violence yeah, is real. Yeah. Do, you, do, you, do you have that in your mind, or are you playing like straight villain? Or every time, time you can put a little bit of humor in, I think it's good. Yeah. Even Seth Riddell in Johan Falk has a little touch of humor in sarcastic way or whatever, because that's why you like them. Yeah. Humor is essential. We all need a little bit of laugh. We can laugh with or at, but we need some kind of a smile in our lives. Especially with the sort of real evil side. Yeah. Break or release Definitely. somewhere. Uh, and maybe sometimes there's no room for it at all. Uh, but I don't consciously put humor in. It's just I can see, damn, that's a little I, I, opportunity. And Just to get ready for this today, I watched uh, Mission Impossible last night. And, uh -huh, and, yeah, yeah. and that first scene, you know, where you get thrown around, you're like the Roadrunner, Wiley Coyote from the Roadrunner <laughs> films, and you hear the the the, do the the doink sound as you you get thrown against Goes the, into the metal, oh, and yeah. then when you come out of it, oh, <laughs> yeah, it's a little. That's actually, it's it's just funny. We didn't even look at it as funny. It's just weird. <laughs> you waking up like that, um, but. I remember that. I mean, we we was we shoot that scene. It took six days or something for that. Of you getting thrown around. <laughs> yeah, and also talking to him and punch him in the body, and you know, go, going after him with a machine gun and everything, just rolling around, and all that big stage fighting with Rebecca and all the stunt guys and Tom involved. That was a big, massive work. Mm. Just that one scene, and it takes like what. The whole scene is three minutes. Maybe, maybe. So that's how 
these big Hollywood production works. It's a nice introduction to your character. <laughs> it is. And actually, uh, I've been talking about this before, but when I got the part, it's actually that scene, you know? Is that where you tested for it with? Or? Yeah, I tested with that scene and in Swedish because first I wanted him to speak just Swedish. And basically I sent it in. Uh, I did one take, I remember, with a good friend of mine, Alexander Karim. We was shoot, we were Alex, shooting. Alex, by the way, who's been a guest on this show. You've been here, yeah, 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 then you know. And he was holding the iPhone and we were actually doing the, the test scene down in a, in a bunker at the studios of Johan Falk because we were shooting the folk. And um, he did one, we did one thing. We had every, everything there. So the setup, setup was actually pretty much looked the same as we did it in the real film. And we did one take and I said to Alexander, do we need another one? And he said, trust me, man, this is good enough. So we sent it away. After like four days, my agent come back to me and she said, TC really likes you. And I said, okay, TC, who's that? <laughs> Alexander said, that's Tom Cruise, man. <laughs> okay, cool. So basically he was jumping, if not in the couch, he was actually, <laughs> he was actually, yeah, we found the guy we're looking for. So that was what I heard and they hired me. Is that is that like an open casting or your agent gets the... No, the agent gets the special... I mean, they really pick who they like so to So they'd seen some of your work somewhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. My agent say, try this guy. And they say, no, no. And they say, yeah, we can try him. Mm. So she, you know, she sells me. She's good at that. Uh, when I got the part, I thought that was the scene because it said in the script, okay, Janik Winter, the bone doctor, he's going to die. But the first shooting day, I was walking out of a hotel room and I thought like, okay, but this scene was in the beginning of the film. So when do I walk out of the room? Is it later? Or So I didn't bother about that, but we were doing this coming out from the hotel and I said to Chris McQuarrie, the director, okay, Chris, sorry. Me walking out of this room. Yeah. Is that uh, before the scene in the dungeon? No. Okay, so it's after. Yeah. So that means uh, I, I'm not dying. No. So what does it mean? You're in the show, man. <laughs> and that means we're going to keep you till the bitter end because you're too damn good to, to kill. So we need you. Nice. So they wrote my part bigger and bigger, he and Tom Cruise and the producers. So in the end of the film, I was actually in the pretext yeah. as well. I saw you there. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so that was like amazing from doing that part and it just grow. And that felt like, yeah, do, do, do that you, was awesome. I, of, of course, I, you living it, it must have been an amazing experience. Like you say, this you know, amazing unlimited budget project mm -hmm. to be a part of. Did it like change your life afterwards? I mean, nah, are you not much? I mean, the experience is always there, mm -hmm. and you hang out with Tom Cruise. Of course, not everyone has done that, mm -hmm. and of course, it gave me a little bit. Uh, credits mm. back home people like you know you've been playing in mission impossible worldwide wherever i come people say hey you've been with tom cruise so of course it gained a little bit but i can't say it changed anything but it part except of, that but maybe it changed but i don't notice it you yeah know? but part of this you know this base where you say i get to choose a little bit more yeah, maybe yeah. probably contributed yeah, to probably. that in some way yeah i've been there yeah i've been doing three big hollywood things and, james and, bond mission impossible and alpha yeah and 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 to be frankly, to be in 
James Bond and Mission Impossible. I think I am actually the only actor in the world crossing both of those amazing franchises. I'm not sure, but I think so. I, I can't recall anyone who's been in those two. And the story behind uh, your involvement in Skyfall is that you were up for the same role as, as Ola. 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 Yeah. yeah. But he got it, so I get like, okay, what can I do? And there was a place for you. But I had a meeting in uh, Pinewood Studios because they fly me over over the day and said, can you come over and do a little bit of fighting and, you know, we want to test you. And they did. And they saw immediately that I could fight. And then they asked me, can you run a motorcycle? And I said, no, but I can learn and blah, blah, blah. And the classic that, actor, not yet. <laughs> exactly. But then I said, yeah, okay, we'll see what happens. Uh, and then it's like, he asked me also, no, he didn't. Uh, I went home and Sam Mendes said, I've been watching your work and you look fantastic and everything. Uh, we'll see. We're going to give you quick call in a week or so and then i don't know what happened uh, there was a lot of juggling with ola if he would be in it or not uh in the end he got the part and uh, but they asked me kind of early stage before he got the part uh, d- does jens consider a problem to be if he doesn't get this one could he you know am i thinking of being uh, javier bardem's henchman and I said, yeah, of course. I you mean, can. can I think about being in a Bond film? Yeah, I could probably exactly. think about it. <laughs> so yeah, 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 I think about it. So of course I said. And in the end, they said, no, the part, uh, he, he didn't get that part, but he got another one. So, so I got that small one with Javier Bardem. And also the fight underwater wasn't actually in the script. They also said, we, we're going to give you a fight against Stanley Craig. And we're not sure how it's going to look like. Just stay tuned and we see what happens. The one where you go through the ice. Through the ice. Yeah. And they said, are you familiar? It's Jens, because they talked to my agent. Are you, is he familiar with water? And I said, hell no. <laughs> I actually not. But I couldn't say that. So I said, yeah, fine. Figure that out too. <laughs> Figure that out. But that was horrible to be in that tank for a week if, underwater. If you're not comfortable with it, I can no, imagine. No, that was, that was tough. Claustrophobic and everything. But I did it. Mm-hmm. And, and those those as those are huge films, but they weren't your first experience Utumlands or abroad. You worked in France a little bit with your current director, but we're, we're talking about Charlotte Brandstrom, yeah. who is the director and producer, and I guess the force behind Conspiracy of Science. Yeah, she's uh, the director and she's exec- executive executive mm. producer, and she was the one I heard afterwards that said, "I want Jens in the part." Because she liked me from uh, our previous uh, work. And she also said, I mean, it should be a man in his middle age that can really do all these things that Robert can do and Jens can. When did you realize or start to think that your martial arts training might be worth something in this field of acting? Did you like. I thought it from the beginning. Okay. I mean, this must be something that they can use. It's not that many actors that can do it. For real and then of course you have to be very very settled about when you do it because if you use it in every part it's like okay mm-hmm. then you, you become a martial artist action it, hero who's in a movie right so if you're fighting in one way with one character you have to fight in another way i mean for an example Cetridel, he he was doing mma tough wrestling mm-hmm. this robert castell is more of uh, military techniques 
So you have to separate those two, even if it's my skills. So you have also there you have to go in character wise. I, I I would not classify you as a martial artist who's acting. You're clearly an actor who has these skills. Like yeah. I said, I could have guessed it was a dance background yeah, as much yeah. as a martial arts yeah. background from exactly. just watching you. Yeah. Uh, so you got to work with Charlotte. You guys obviously created some rapport. She's done some amazing stuff. I mean, yeah. for people who don't know, she's worked in the states on couple of episodes of Grey's Anatomy. Mm. She's done, uh, what else? Now she's doing something with J.K. Simmons. Oh, that, yeah, the uh, counterpart. Counterpart. Counterpart, right? She's, and I think she did, I'm not sure if it's Outlander. Outlander as yeah. well. And she did Akipirat here as well. Um, Akipirat, the Norwegian one. She did a few episodes oh. of that one Alexander Karim was in. Oh, oh uh, Advocat then? No, uh, the international one. The, okay, I'm not sure which one, but yeah. But but she also worked with took part uh, in the Middle East. Oh right, um, I should know that. I've, I've actually he was there for it. two or three seasons. Yeah, yeah, right. He started in Morocco. He told me the whole story mm. about getting. But that's the one. I can't remember. Anyway, the name. she did a couple of episodes so there. She, so she's a well-known yeah, yeah. D- director. But I'm, I was going to get to. She worked on Akipirat, and mm. you have Henrik Henrik Mestad as playing your sort of your yeah. foil in this. You have a great cast, by the oh, way, across. I think so too. If yeah. We, if we move in a little bit to conspiracy uh-huh, yeah. of silence, you have. Henrik Mested, who you might remember as the Prime Minister in Akipirat, mm-hmm. playing a very different role here. He does. <laughs> yeah, know, he's, he's excellent. Yeah, I mean, whereas in, in Akipirat, he's sort of, you know, trying to be almost a pacifist here. Mm-hmm. He's got a different different focus. Another on, flip side of the coin. <laughs> what matters to him. And an interesting relationship develops between you guys. Christer Henriksen mm-hmm. also appearing in a very interesting role. Mr. Volander. Volander yeah, plays a transvestite. Transvest- and it's a very, very great scene when you meet for the first yeah. time, how you guys play it out. Okay, something has changed since I've been away. Something's but, been changing. For him, it's like, okay, me... Rising up from the dead. Yeah. And for me, it's like, okay, you become a woman. <laughs> hey, how to do a dead? Kallar det för Marianne, förstår jag, nu för tiden. <laughs> Fint. Är det fortfarande dig man pratar om man behöver ett vapen? Äh, nu tar vi det lite lugnt. Hej, everyone. I've been on the go recently. Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago. If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Subtle results. Still you, but with fewer lines. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, is a prescription medicine used to temporarily make moderate to severe frown lines, crow's feet, and forehead lines look better in adults. 
Effects of Botox Cosmetic may spread hours to weeks after injection, causing serious symptoms. Alert your doctor right away as difficulties swallowing, speaking, breathing, eye problems, or muscle weakness may be a sign of a life-threatening condition. Patients with these conditions before injection are at highest risk. Don't receive Botox Cosmetic if you have a skin infection. Side effects may include allergic reactions, injection site pain, headache, eyebrow and eyelid drooping, and eyelid swelling. Allergic reactions can include rash, welts, asthma symptoms, and dizziness. Tell your doctor about medical history, muscle or nerve conditions, including ALS or Lou Gehrig's disease, myasthenia gravis, or Lambert-Eaton syndrome and medications, including botulinum toxins, as these may increase the risk of serious side effects. For full safety information, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. See for yourself at BotoxCosmetic.com. Can we talk about, for people listening now, can you tell us a little bit about your character in Conspiracy? Okay. So, well, let me back, okay, he's been doing this all day. Let's back it up mm-hmm. a little bit. Uh, as I understand it, it's a drama based around the arms trade and sort of all the layers of impurity. I was going to say purity and impurity. There's no purity. All these oh, layers of exactly. impurity, how everyone sort of is tainted even the people opposed to it are vulnerable mm-hmm. because choices they might have made to get yeah. to their place you know you talked about guns guns talking about well, there is no flavor to that no but except bad. I, I don't again i don't want to say too much but there's a character who's a pacifist in the show and you know she has things in her past that are leveraged that undermine her ability to mm-hmm. sort of fight the fight against the gun so again nobody is, is is innocent in all no, of this. that's the title yeah. of it yeah so and it's clear it, yeah. and it's clearly woven among other characters mm-hmm. but your character can you tell us a little bit about what it is he was at the time uh working as on the shady side uh, like a elite soldier legionnaire he was doing whatever it took to get all the business done. Now you're applying that there's a clean side to this somewhere. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But there is, if we call it the clean side, we call it the government said, we, yeah, we, we export uh, guns. No problem. We can call that the clean side. Even if you're asking me, I don't think there is no clean side, whatever, to dealing with guns. Having that said, that's it. Uh, but in this story, there is the clean side that actually the state, okay, the government can deal with guns. It's their choices, and you work along their their terms. But uh, the shady side of the whole thing is when you do black on the black market or the gray area, gray you know, area, area, which is yeah, exactly, even better. Um, so he was working in on that side for twenty five, thirty years ago, and something happened. I don't know what. We don't know. It doesn't matter. But he was. You know, the people who worked with him thought, like, we have to, like, get rid of this guy. So they tried to, and he thought, like, okay, maybe it's better to be dead. And he's been living in exile for the last 25, 30 years. And by the way, you say it doesn't matter. I like that this opens without this heavy-handed exposition where, like, every line is trying to tell us what happened. No, you, exactly. you let the action tell yeah. the story very early on. There's a lot of silence opening up, actually. Exactly. And then there's like a very heartbreaking moment for your character that it sets is. the tone. That sets you know? the tone for the whole... That make that sets the tone for his choice he make. And then the story goes off, off, off from there. Damn, it's hard to find the words in English. Okay, you're doing great. I, I, I'm really impressed by the story, by all the performance. I also am particularly charmed how... Stockholm is used as yeah. almost a character. Uh, you're out on Leidinge, you're out on Varmdu. 
um, you're back under the bridges for a moment yeah, yeah, there, yeah. which reminded me very much of Hassel mm, uh, in a way, yeah. uh, those kind of scenes. Uh, how important is it to integrate sort of this known Stockholm? Is that part of the story for you or not? Does it, is it, it re- is. irrelevant? And actually we was very much of the time we spent in Vilnius to do the whole shooting. So we used parts of Vilnius as Stockholm, Stockholm. Mm-hmm. which is even cooler because we know we're in Stockholm, but we haven't. Where is that? Is that street on on the south or Östermalm? I had a lot. I had a few of those you know, moments where that's sweet, which is nice yeah. because we have Stockholm, but it's our fictional Stockholm. This is Stockholm, and we know it's Stockholm. And then we see Slussen and everything. Yeah. But then, aha, uh-huh, is that Park Humlegården or is that street? Where is that? So that gives also the refresh. Uh, I don't know what to say, but it's like. It's 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 Stockholm, but still, it's not Stockholm. No, but I had exactly those moments. I was leaning in, trying to say, "Where is that? Is that mm. the new neighborhood that they just built?" Exactly, where, where is and it, it gives a fre- refreshment, and it gives it a little bit of patina. You uh, say, "Yeah, sure." To the because Stockholm could be very clean, mm. but here it's like, yeah, that looks a little bit like when I grew up in in Vasastan, It was all these falling down houses that now are very expensive to live in. Yep. But, you know, I like that old touch as well. So yeah. that was... Uh, I'm from New York and I miss the you know, old New York. Yeah, I miss exactly. exactly what you're talking about. Exactly. Yeah. Because once we, I was looking at the Warriors the other day, just because I wanted to have a little refreshment of how New York... Because I was in New York the first time in 1979. Yeah, that was still... And that was still... A little dirt under the nail. The dirt yeah. under the nail. And, of course, it was ruggedy and a lot of pr- criminality and everything, but... Visually, it was beautiful, and all—I mean, taxi driver and everything—that's New York. Yeah, that is it. So we caught a little bit of that by doing it in Vilnius, in a way. Interesting. That's very interesting. Mm-hmm. That Stockholm comes through as Vilnius comes through yeah, as Stockholm, but which it, is really cool. Uh, that's a nice challenge, I guess, for the set people and everyone to to pull that off. Yeah, to find those locations and it make is. it. Look. And of course, sometimes it's like, oh, we can't use this place because it's obviously not Stockholm. Mm-hmm. So we have to get. We have to ditch it. Or zoom uh, in and just have a something generic in the background. So next time you ho- hope like, okay, maybe we should be in whatever the next time is. If we're going to do a season two, I don't know. Then you maybe can use the whole environment. And then by being there, let's say if we do it in Prague, put some of the action in Prague so we can use the whole, the whole thing oh, yeah. without pretending it's somewhere else. Uh, take advantage of Vilnius by, good ma- by making a scene there. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes but sense. Uh, having that said, Vilnius would, was great. How early did you come to this project? Like, how far along were they? I when- think I didn't came that early because they've been working on this for a long time, and then they've been talking about different character, different actors doing. Uh, first, I thought they were thinking older guys mm. for me and uh, Mestad the character, like. 65 or yeah, something. How are you know? they going to roll around in the dirt? Yeah, could have worked in a way, but still, I don't know, for some reason, they went up and down. They were thinking of different actors and blah, blah, blah. But after a while, they were thinking, but maybe, like you said, rolling around in the dirt, and if we're going to have some action and bam, bam, maybe it should be like in the mid, mid 50s. And when they started to think like that, they thought, like, okay, who can we use then? And then Charlotte was involved, and she said, you should definitely use Jens. Okay. When when you come, how much do you get to inject into the character? 
I mean, I looked at little things in the film, and I just wondered, are they on the page, or are they things that you Some bring? Some things are not. I yeah. like to add what I can. Uh, there's a little scene where, I won't, again, without trying to spoil anything, you're in someone's home, and you pour yourself a glass of water to wash down some medicine, and you see some flowers, flowers. there. No, is, is, that's me. Is that not on the page? Okay, that's you. It's not in, it's not in the page. That's it's nice. my my feeling of... Do, because we started... Uh, it, there is some other things when I'm in in a in a flat and there's a flower falling down. I put it up, and then Charlotte noticed. She said he likes flowers, doesn't he? Yeah. yeah there's or, or, you know I didn't think that when I was reading the script, but every time there was a flower, I could. When I'm sitting with Christian Hendrickson in the office, I'm mm. touching the flowers to feel. Are you okay? Yeah. There's something very nurturing exactly about mm. that gesture that says something about yeah. maybe the healing your character has gone through. I don't know, but yeah, that, that I didn't have any deeper thoughts than he likes. It's life. Yeah. Okay. He likes to pretend life because he's actually destroyed life. So that's a way of putting the glass yeah. of water. You look dry, my friend. So you know, and that small sub. I like you see uh, that you mention it because when you do things like that, you really hope that people are gonna watch it and see. Oh, it resonated. If you just say like, "Yeah, he's trustworthy. He's cool." He's but yeah, of course. But did you see the settlement? Yeah, the subtle things because that's what I like to see when you look at the character, like real good actors, Gary Oldman or Meryl mm -hmm. Streep or whatever. It's like they they doing small 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 things that you really know that's their job. Yeah, in fact, that's it's what... not in the script. This is what they feeding the character with. That's that, that's why they are so big. And I'm fascinated with that process, sort mm -hmm. of you know how much comes from the writer, the director, the mm -hmm. ensemble, and mm -hmm. just to get this collective result at the end of the of day that no one really mixture, saw. Yeah. But if the script is one thing, and then I read the script, then I read it, and a few ideas come up. But then actually some things, these things with the flowers just came when we're shooting. When Charlotte is there and, okay, action, boom. And then I just do this with the You have to do something mm -hmm. instead of just standing there. <laughs> so, so, I mean, if I'm constantly doing things with the wire here, maybe I have, have a wire problem. You know, maybe <laughs> there's an obsession to... But you have that to feeds you have, the character. But you have to somehow also carry that through. You know, the next yeah, time you have the flower, the soon remember that I interact with wires and all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, you have to. But then once you think, boom, I got it. I know, I know that's his thing. And then you cope with the director, and she or he said, "I like that." Then you have to stick with it, but don't do it too much because also. If you do it too much and take too yeah. many flowers, then we say, okay, we got your we, idea. We got it. We got, got it. it. <laughs> exactly. So you have to trust these small things. I saw you and Charlotte interviewed, and she talks about how she approached this as an eight-hour film, film mm -hmm. rather than a series. Yep. How does that impact what we see at the end for you? I don't, I don't know, because when you're shooting a series in eight episodes, for example, you... First day you start with episode seven. Mm. Then take a scene from episode two. Normally you do, if it's a eight episode thing, you have like blocks in four by four. Mm. Because often you have two directors. Yeah. Or if you have multiple, yeah. Three directors, you do three, 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 or I don't know how they count. But Charlotte wanted to do the whole thing herself. And then... There is no reason to do block one, block two, because she's going to cover it all. So she she said, I want to direct this as, as one long film. 
And when I started to talk with her, like, okay, we start with episode seven. And she said, yeah, but if it's a film, you start with the scene in the back of the script, don't you? Yeah. Look at it as, as an eight episode, not an eight episode drama or just eight hours film. And that helped me because, yeah, of course it is. It's one film. This idea of working with multiple directors, I mean, it must be great when you click with the right mm. sort of creative vision. Mm. must be frustrating sometimes when someone comes yeah, yeah, in yeah. with something that's running mm. and they maybe sort of don't they have the same methods. They try to put their own feeling to it. It's like, okay, I got it, but that's not why you're here. Uh, when, you're here to keep the standard up. When you played, what was it, Leon and Hassel? Yep. The uh, father coming back from yeah, exactly, prison. Really, yeah. really interesting character. In a great he was, series. yeah. Great series, by the way. You had Amir Shamdeen as mm -hmm. the director mm -hmm. for the first kind of half of it. And then I would have, if if I could have chose myself, I would have had him the whole way through. You just think it's easier that way. Easier. Yeah. And, that, and saying that, I don't mean the other guys no, I, I, that, were bad. No. But Amir was the one who made me hooked up on the project. He said... I want you in this part. It's not the big, big, big one, but it's a very cool character, and he's through the series. And I say, yeah, and because of you directing it, I want to do it. Uh -huh. And Ola said, if we can get Jens, that would be amazing. So I was in it for Amin, but I also knew that he was just directing the first three or four. Oh, yeah. uh, but uh, I would love to have worked with him all through, like I did with Charlotte. Okay. I think that's... Once you hook up with someone, you... I mean, did you see Graven? I have not seen it, just read oh, about it. Yeah, sorry, I, sorry. The, I, eight hours of your stuff I yesterday, know, I didn't get to Graven. But without even me, uh, it's on uh, SVT Play okay. now. Graven. I will dial it up. Michael Marciman's first really cool thing. I mean, that's a really good drama in eight episodes. And you're a... what a, a um, Crime scene investigator? Yeah, exactly. That? Crime scene with Shelley Bergqvist as a captain. And a small group of people living in a boat trying to solve a case with a grave. You say grave? Yeah. That they find in the woods with a lot of bones in it. It's like, okay, come on. Out here in the archipelago, you find a big mass grave. with. You need to start. Yeah, figure out what happened. Yeah, and we do for eight episodes. And he, Marciman, he did that for, and that was 2003, and that was my first big series I was in. And that was amazing. And he did it all himself, all those episodes, like Charlotte did with uh, Conspiracy. And I think the series is, it's tough for the director, but it's better for the series, I think. If, if, especially if it's their vision, it's hard it to is. hand it over to someone else to, mm. to, to manage. And of course, if you do a series like, Sopranos or Breaking Bad, five, six, eight, uh, Walking Dead, 16 episodes and three, four, five, six, eight seasons. Of course, you need yeah, you more can, directors. Yeah, you might want to work with something else after yeah, yeah, a little yeah. while. But uh, you, you mentioned some of the sort of iconic streaming titles there. Mm -hmm. um, Breaking Bad was a broadcast phenomenon, but it really was one of the first big catch-up mm. uh, phenomena. As you talk about Sopranos, which is obviously an HBO show. Yeah. What does it mean for you as an actor that all these streaming services, these windows are suddenly here? There's in Sweden alone, there's Viaplay, there's mm. Seymour, and mm. there's HBO Nordic, there's Netflix, there are others Great, coming. Because is, is there more work for you guys? Yeah, of course. Yeah. There's more opportunities. Uh, and uh, the standard raises. 
because we need to catch up with the big Netflix series and we have to do it. I mean, to be if, out there. it feels that uh, here in this area that this, you know, dark uh, criminal drama is mm. sort of an area of strength mm. and you come along at the right time yeah. to take advantage of it. Yeah, you slide yeah. right in there. You yeah. live in the right era. Yeah, I think so. But you feel we have to catch up. In what sense? Well, you said we have to catch up to the Netflix. Yeah, I mean, we'll catch up. We have to. We have to keep the standard. I mean, if we see all these good things that comes on Netflix, I mean, I saw one from Spain, La Casa de Papel. Mm-hmm. Yep. It was amazing. Two seasons, or it's like on the budget. It's not a Mission Impossible budget, but still, it looks so good. So, of course, they had a good budget, and Netflix has money. Yeah. So what I mean, catch up, is we need to keep that level. Yeah. If we're going to be out there and try to sell our series to the rest of the world, we can't come with like what was good here for 10 years ago. Like, yeah, we did Beck. Okay, fine. But that's not enough. No, no. You need to be brewing now. You need to More. take the next step. And Beck, fine. It's I've been there. I don't talk shit about it. But, you know, one thing is one thing, and you have to... Go on. I think what's been amazing here is that sort of the producers and directors, they, they do so much with, you know, a budget that's a small portion of a Netflix budget, but they still achieve so much at the end yeah. of the day. You know, Imagine what they can do with a big budget. I was going to say, exactly. Give the yeah, Netflix budget to some exactly. of these people and some things might start happening. But the thing is with uh, Conspiracy of Silence is actually it looks kind of expensive doesn't it yeah it looks beautiful yeah I mean, the, all, all the local stuff outdoors looks really and the beautiful footages and, and everything and, and we have also a comp- couple of uh, international actors and yeah right which gives it a, f- a nice vibe and, and then you know when you do like the camps and those things they all work they all yeah. feel like yeah, broad yeah, yeah. and big oh, so. yeah. but also that is charlotte is an international director mm-hmm. and her photographer alexander a uh, Polish guy who's been living in LA for 25, 30 years. He's been working there. So he, he really works at the DOP does. He sits there and has his uh, guys who's doing all the things for him, holding the camera and everything. And he just makes sure the lightning and everything, you know, he works in a LA way. Yeah, make things beautiful. Mm-hmm. I see, I see like the, you have some special effects, for example, and they're they're just big enough, I think. Mm. You know, you could go. There's a early on. There's a special effect that could yeah. have been huge, but it didn't have no. to be. You know, it was perfect it for you. It drew it drew out the emotion that you wanted. So I think there's a nice scale to what's going on there. Yeah, and also when you do shootouts and stuff in in television, you do more than it is in real life. Yeah. In real life, is bang, and then you start bleeding or run for your life if you know? you're lucky. Yeah, and if it's an explosion, it's not like the whole block goes in air. It's Poof. It's a small thing. Yeah. So so everything, you know, we that's because we used to Mission Impossible effects and everything, but that's not life. No. Life is smaller. Yeah, that, that blow to the head would have killed you in exactly. Mission Impossible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no question about it. If you're but not a cartoon character. He just took a nap and then went up. So let me ask now, you're you're on stage at the moment with Peter Yobuck mm. working on something, trying to do things that you like to refresh mm-hmm. yourself. You're coming off a leading role. You're the face of this conspiracy of silence. Mm, we just saw yeah. the posters outside before we started. Um, what's next for you? I don't know what's next. Now it's this uh, show with Peter Yerbach, the whole until Christmas. And then actually, I don't know. Mm-hmm. We'll see what happens. I don't have 
anything scheduled in my calendar so far, which is kind of cool because I'm not that worried. It's going to be something else. Well, I'm, if we look back, you you, you yeah. seem to fall into work. Yeah, so. Yeah, yeah. so I'm fine with it. But, but I mean, is it, do you have a plan? Do you want to pursue more of these blockbusters? Do you want to do more intimate things? Do you prefer TV to film? Just I would the, like keep up the way I've been doing. A little bit of that and a little bit of that. It would be nice to go abroad and do a big blockbusters again or an independent movie maybe in Ireland or even the States. Uh, I wouldn't mind doing a second season of Conspiracy of Silence if that's what people want. As we're sitting here, we're a week and a half away from the premiere. We'll publish this probably next Thursday, the night before the premiere. What do you want to tell people the night before the premiere? Have a good night's sleep. I'm hooked, as I said, after four yeah. episodes. I can't wait to see what happens. Right. Uh, look for Jens on Via Play starting, is it the 14th? 14th of, 14th September, of September, next Friday. And if you're in Stockholm, look for Jens at Circus with Peter Jobach. 20th of September. Through Christmas-ish? Yeah, it's okay. soon before. And uh, look for Alpha. Coming Alpha to... coming out, I think this uh, the 21st of September in, on the cinemas. In theaters, okay. And we have that little Sisters going on for SVT television. When does uh, that start? In Somewhere between Christmas and New Year. Yeah, you, you can it's take a... mini series in three parts. You can take a little break after Christmas, it sounds like. I think so. <laughs> I will. If they're not offering me, offering me a good, good part uh. that you need to do. Thanks very much for taking the time to join us, Jens. We really appreciate it. Jens Holtine, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks a lot. Bye. Thanks again to Jens for taking the time to join us on this episode of Stream Close-Up. And of course, thanks to you for listening in. As always, if you want to reach out, you can find us on Twitter at Stream Close-Up. If you follow us there, you'll find some interesting clips and other things that we post that we've discussed on the show. Jose Fernandez Alameda is our sonic architect. And of course, we'd like to thank the good people at I Like Radio for giving us a home. Until next time, I'm Brian, and this is Stream Close-Up. Take us out, Jose. 